0: Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Daddy
1: Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my God, that's hysterical. You're not gonna believe this.
0: Oh Oh my my
1: God. God. Five stars.
2: Five and a half stars.
1: Grandpa. My dad is my hero. Grandpa, are you ready? I love a good happy ending. Oh boy.
2: Hey, It's a phony baloney.
1: And a tit for tatter.
2: Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public.
1: introducing Bourjou Oranel. She is a special guest from around the world. She has a family predecessor who taught her no burden is too big. Bourjou, welcome. First things first, you've got to give me a lesson in pronouncing your name. I'm going to try. Bourjou. 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 Close.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm getting better. Yes, you definitely are.
1: (laughs) Okay, now for the last name. Onaranel. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah you got going to do it again. Slow. Yes,
0: you got it.
1: Oh, my gosh. Got wow.
0: It. Yeah, you know what that means? Tell me. Healing hand.
1: Really? I love that. Do you feel like you are a healing hand? I think so. I'm healing people. I'm giving joy.
0: <laughs> what made your parents choose that? In the past, my dad's dad, who I never seen, he was in the army and they had a ship named Healer. And in those times, they had a different last name and people told them, you should change your last name because it doesn't resonate who you are. And because he worked in that ship, he said, hmm, this is Healer. And I'm going to change this and I will make it a healing hand and that will be me. So that's how they got it. And here's another one, another interesting part of this last name, because nobody has it in Turkey. Nobody.
1: You are the only one in Turkey with
0: that last name? Yes, me and a couple of our relatives.
1: Wow. So
0: you are unique. Yeah, I'm not going to change it when I get married one day. I'm not changing my last name. I have to keep it because it's just one and unique.
1: Wow, that is so interesting. (laughs) Tell me about your upbringing in Turkey. I think you are the only one that I've ever known from there. Although my dad's mom's side of the family was from Turkey. So who knows? Maybe we're like long lost sisters or something. Maybe. Yeah, I remember you mentioned that. Yeah, I feel like I have some ancestry there. I haven't done the 23andMe thing, but I do descend... Oh my gosh, my grandmother's grandparents were from Turkey.
0: Wow. Do you know which
1: part? I have to find out. Yeah, where in Turkey are you?
0: You know Istanbul, right? Yes. So I am two hours south from Istanbul.
1: Also, I want to know the secret to making a good Turkish coffee.
0: <laughs> I can't share it. <laughs> oh my
1: gosh, I have to know this. It's like in your blood, right? Yeah, I think so.
0: I mean, it's it's our culture and it's the talent for you to kind of find a husband. That's a very interesting part because when you are getting married, the night when your parents and the groom's parents will meet, you're going to make a Turkish coffee as a bride. But you have to make it perfect so that they will know that you're ready to get married. The best part of a good coffee, you have to have bubbles on top. Everything, the the warmth, everything needs to be perfect. But at that specific night, what we do as brides, we put salt in the coffee instead of sugar or making it, you know, non-sugar. The reason why for it, the person who we are going to share our life forever needs to see the salt and sweet in life. So if he drinks the coffee, it means we made a good choice to find him. And it means we can marry him. And if we make a good coffee with bubbles, then it means he found a good bride to get married. So that's kind of it.
1: (laughs) That's kind of a culture. I love that. I have never heard that. How long have you been working on perfecting this coffee for the wedding day?
0: <laughs> well, this is, like I said, it's a the culture coming from the past. Now we have um, machines like make perfect Turkish coffee. So it's not really working on it, but
1: it's it's for fun. <laughs> That's really funny. So you can find the guy that you want to marry and be like, I've got the best coffee maker. We're, we're good. <laughs>
0: you just have to drink it. You know, the salty coffee.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Did your mom talk at all about when she made the coffee for your dad? Not really, because my dad is very dominant and
0: he didn't drink it. He knew it. He didn't drink it you know he's like I have a sensitive stomach I can't (laughs) so they didn't push him how did they meet that's another story that's so funny my mom's mom and my dad's mom had a mutual friend she was very lovely and she thought they could be a good match and it was first sign of love I guess
1: wow and what have you learned from their relationship
0: I actually don't really believe it's a love at first sight, but I believe deeply that they don't show it as much as new generation shows the love. I think their love is love. They made it the connection in the past. And when they disagree each other, they just find a way to make it work. I think that's the secret sauce of their marriage. That's why even though they're super different in many ways in life, they find a way.
1: Talk about how they're different.
0: As personalities, my mom loves to travel and find different things to try. She lived in Germany for 11 years and she was my biggest supporter when I moved to the United States. My dad wasn't and he still doesn't like to find a way to move in other place or try different things he's not into those stuff but my mom loves it and i love it too my mom and i want to go out my dad is like it's not necessary where we're gonna go we're gonna end up eating less food and paying a lot of money and you know being miserable at the end of night and you know just just creates a lot of (laughs) ridiculous stories even just going out for for dinner he's very very realistic he doesn't dream much versus my mom loves to you know explore different things and dream and I am the same way I I love just dreaming and thinking about other other things like thinking about universe and but my dad is more like he's a real entrepreneur he's a real business guy that's why he's like What the dollar does, you know, during the day, he looks at the euro and what the financial places are going in the world. And, you know, in this way, it's, they're
1: super, super different. (laughs) But they've both definitely influenced you in some way. I believe so. Because you're an entrepreneur and you were brave like your mom and went to the United States. Let's talk about that. I did.
0: I think I took some blood from them. (laughs)
1: I left my
0: 25 year life back in Turkey five years ago to follow my dreams. That's like a very lame saying for some people, but I love saying that because that's what I did. I I literally did follow my dreams. I wanted to explore the world myself and find a way to create my freedom to connect people, inspire people heal people that's in my last name i wanted to find what's out there i didn't want to stuck in turkey i didn't want to stuck in my culture because i find some parts of my culture are very difficult to adjust or difficult to live with and that's why i wanted to break the social norms and create my own way in life and that's what i've been doing thankfully for me and for my
1: clients with the joy i want to know what's difficult in your culture because i don't know much about your culture
0: yeah i wish everyone you know in the u.s especially could visit one day and really experience how life looks like in in turkey or in other countries that are in the stage of they're improving themselves and they're not on that you know uh, free stage yet So in my culture, I can only share what I experienced. So I believe I was in a very good place five years ago. I was a human resources specialist in a very big company, the one of the biggest company in Turkey. And making good money, living with my parents, you know, I had a car, I had friends, I was going out, you know, I I had everything that many people can imagine. But it was only third year of my expertise in that job. I learned everything, but the treatment I received from people around me and, you know, in general, my culture, I, I thought something was missing. And my last challenge had me question, I don't belong here. Like I need to do something to find what's missing in my life. So imagine that I, I shared all those things that I had in my life. And I was walking into the kitchen at my work one morning and I saw one of my coworkers, I was smiling. Like, I love smiling. I was smiling at him. It was 7 a.m. in the morning. I was getting a coffee and I, I said to him, like, how are you? Like, how is your morning? And he's like, looked at me with a tired eyes and, you know, sad face and told me this seriously. What's wrong with you? you can't be always happy. And I just stood there with a shocking face probably, but I only could smile back at him again because I couldn't find kind words or anything to tell him. Like I was speechless. But after I got my coffee, when I was walking to my office, that's what I told myself, something is wrong here. Either there is literally something wrong about me, like that's the case, or I have to leave this environment. Like this is the last thing happened and really had me question. So I have to find a way out. So from that moment, I started searching. I started digging into my soul. What's missing? Like, what do I need to do to find my life purpose? And where do I need to go? And In that time, there was no life coach or guidance or anyone like you have your daddy. I didn't have that even because he was super realistic to me. And even if I told him, like, I don't enjoy my work or I don't enjoy these things, he could say, like, you have to just work for it and you can find another company like that could be his advice. And when I could share this with my mom, she could probably say the same thing to me. Like, this is going to pass, you know, nobody could really find a way for me to, you should move abroad. You should explore. Like nobody gave me this advice. So all I did was I spent time with myself, like questioning, what do I need to do? But I always had that dream. I wanted to be, you know, in the United States. I wanted to work in those big buildings and I wanted to experience different culture, what it looks like living abroad and, you know, speaking another language. I didn't speak English five years ago. I didn't know anyone and I didn't have any job when I moved to the United States. It was very hard in my culture to quit a job, move abroad. By yourself, as a woman, that's another part of it.
1: It was crazily extraordinary. And I love that of all places you picked, you ended up in LA. That's so LA. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yes, I ended up LA, yes. Because- The land of dreams. The land of dreams, yes. And I watched that movie too. (laughs) But actually, I didn't pick Los Angeles as I said, I believe in the universe. I believe in God. At that time, I didn't believe. At that time, I was so refusing to believe anything because I felt like God put me in a place where I feel lost and all the things I worked didn't mean anything to me. So I thought God is punishing me and I don't love God. That's what I was saying. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave every single thing that I know about myself and my culture in Turkey and I'm gonna start over in the United States. So when I when I moved, I, I started like I don't have any religion, I, I don't know who I am, like I'm gonna find myself, you know, I only know my name and last name. So deciding to move into LA was a guidance through God and universe because I got into learning neurolinguistic programming, which helps you to really understand why you do what you do and how you can manage your emotions how you can find your life purpose and really be joyful every single day those training helped me to find what I want to do in my life and it is being an international speaker having my own business and traveling the world inspiring people in any way and when I was dreaming this i also started searching language schools in the united states but i wanted to stay in the united states as long as i can about you know the visa situation and i wanted to get a social security number and i wanted to launch my own business like after years every road took me to los angeles and actually that was a place where Neuro Programming was born by Richard Bandler so I was like okay if I found my way with this tool I better go to that place and learn that in English plus and meet all those people like Tony Robbins, Brandon Bouchard and really dig into this how this mind works and how I can help people to change their lives and that's how I ended up moving to Los Angeles.
1: Did you meet Tony Robbins and Brandon Burchard? I did, I did.
0: <laughs> that was awesome. Learning from them in person and working with people who work with them. I couldn't work with them directly, but I worked with people who work with Tony Robbins in the past. Incredible journey that I was in. It was like a dream. It was like a dream. It was like a
1: movie. Literally. I am so happy for you. One thing that I wanted to say is it is so crazy how one comment from someone, what was said to you at 7 a.m., was a catalyst that pushed you to where you are now.
0: Yeah, I'm so thankful for that guy right now. <laughs> because you know, I had different examples, experiences like that one in my culture, but I always, you know, when we have those moments, we were like, okay, this will pass tomorrow. You know, tomorrow is another day. I will feel better. You know, I had many bullying situation in my corporate life too, from, from people I work with, from my boss, but I didn't, take those seriously until that moment because that was the last thing pushed me through because he tried to speak to something that is very important to me he tried to disturb my joy and that's my biggest value in life I didn't know that time with neurolinguistic programming I found that my biggest value in life is joy and celebrate life And when he said that, you can't be always happy. That's like the worst sentence you can say to me. It was kind of a bad word to my soul. Like he was saying, you know, you're to my soul. And my soul said, no, this is, you know, you can't take more. This is the moment, which is enough is enough. And you better change. Yeah. Thanks to that guy. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What are some of those things that have been said to you that have compounded, that have just, you think about those and are like, I'm not going back there.
0: I remember I had a friend in Los Angeles when I was, you know, barely speaking English. I wasn't fluent. I'm still learning and it's okay. Like I'm not, thinking like oh did i make a mistake did i do that of course i will it will be always my second language but the thing is i'm doing it anyway like i'm showing up but that person told me cuz i wanted to become a motivational speaker right and she said well you barely speak english who is gonna listen to you how you're gonna speak like nobody will listen to you you're always making grammar mistakes you better correct yourself first and change your pronunciation like do this that and then you know and it will take years and years you probably can't you know she said stuff like that and I was like okay thank you for sharing (laughs) and that probably pushed me more to join the Toastmasters that I joined because I talked to another guy who is Turkish who lives in Los Angeles And I met him. I said, you know, I'm going to become a motivational speaker. Like, where do I start? Like, I want to speak, but I can't speak. I'm barely, you know, putting sentences together. It's been only six months that I'm in here and always learning something. And I'm always learning how to pronounce American English, not British English, which I was taught before. And he said, you should join Toastmasters. And I was like, okay. So... I still have my very first videos when I speak. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry for those people who had to listen to me. (laughs) It's that bad. And like you said in my podcast, like you have to show up. You have to accept to fail. You have to accept being uncomfortable to be able to reach what you want to do. You have to put yourself out there as a speaker or whatever you want to do, then people see you in different eyes because they will see that you're doing it anyways because they're afraid to even try. So that's what I learned from that person. That's the second person got the chance today goes to <laughs> that person who said, I can't be a speaker. And I've, I've spoken a lot of places already to her, to that person.
1: (laughs) I am blown away by your courage and all that you've accomplished. And I see that when you talk about that time, how lit up you are, you must have really grown from that experience. I
0: think so. It really hurt. I mean, don't take us in a wrong way, whoever listening us right now, it's gonna hurt and it hurt me too. Don't like think like I'm I'm saying this laughing. It hurt me. I felt bad. I cried over it. I spent days to think about it. I thought about moving back to Turkey, but I didn't do that. I didn't give up. Like Rina didn't ever give up because I was like, you know, I quit my job. I left everything for this and I'm not going back until I accomplish this. Like whatever happens... I'm going to go for it because I I promised to myself, not everyone, like, like not anyone. I promised myself I can't hurt my soul. Even people hurt me. And I believe there will be always people in our lives will try to hurt us, maybe hurt us. But we have to stay strong and we have to hold our dreams very tight and really believe in them even nobody does.
1: Were there moments? Were there big wins? Were there things that you accomplished while you were in LA that your parents started to become proud of what you were doing?
0: Of course, I don't know how they really felt about what I've done at that moment. But I think when I first got a chance to be on the stage and speak in front of people in English, I think that's the moment where I got chills and they probably got it too. And I did a Facebook live on that. That that time it wasn't super, you know, everybody's thing. Today, everybody's thing. Like everybody goes live. But that time it was a big deal. Like when I was going to do it, I was like, I'm going to be on TV. <laughs> like this is huge. Like people will watch me live. What? <laughs> and I did it live speech in orange county california and it was one part of toastmasters it was a founder's district which is a little up level of toastmasters and i was doing in-person speech in front of probably 25 30 people and also live streaming on facebook which i don't know how many people watched me on that moment and after but i believe that was the moment for me and for my parents was like okay she's a speaker now she's speaking in english in front of a bunch of american people and bunch of turkish people or other people who are on my facebook and i did it it was amazing i was probably shaking after i finished that speech because i had also heels too <laughs> but I think that's the moment was my first biggest win I can call it
1: I love that what did you talk about
0: comfort zone I talked about comfort zone I talked about leave your comfort zone and find your joy and I call comfort zone as a bubble so my speech called let's pop
1: your bubble (laughs) that's so cute And when did your podcast evolve?
0: I started my podcast as an Instagram live show in 2020, in April. And it turned into a podcast in December
1: 2020. So it's pretty new still. And what have been some of your favorite moments from doing that? I love connecting people.
0: I love connecting people from all around the world and hearing their stories. I feel like I learn from each of them every time and when people tell their stories they light up like they shine they love telling those stories in hard times because they've done something and now they have a message to share because most people will struggle the same thing will face the same thing in the future or they are right now so it's very important to share those moments realistically i always have people who have a real struggle and strengths and inspiration to share transparently with the world not that like oh i work so hard now i'm you know i'm rich i don't have those people i have real people real you know real struggles real stories because those matter and we have to share those with people especially in this time cuz my show was in the middle of pandemic and most topics that I picked with my guests was about that, the challenging times, how we can overcome those obstacles and really create our dreams in still those challenging times. I think it's very important to keep in touch people and meet people I don't know how many people I've met and I don't know how many countries I've had, but it's been just amazing. And I can't, probably can't stop doing this. Even if it's going to take a lot of time for myself, even if I don't ever make money from this, I don't care. I already spend, you know, hours and hours and haven't made money yet. But, you know, that's the side of it. This is like my best hobby and my best way to, create a community it's a community like you and I we met and we connected from our first call like I felt like you are my friend and I remember I texted you one day for something and I also said to you I don't know why I'm sharing this with you but I'm comfortable sharing with you because I just felt that moment I felt that energy even if we never met in person I don't know where you live like we had only one FaceTime call, but I felt connected to you. And I think this is very important for us as humans. And I will never, you know, lose this connection. I love connecting people.
1: I love that. Thank you. Now you're back in Turkey. I am. (laughs) How did that happen? It's been hard.
0: I'm not going to lie. I probably been a little bit of depression in my first months even though I was showing up every week like we talked I didn't give up on my show I showed up every week and inspired people even I cried five minutes ago from my show you know I always show up, even if I lost my grandma I showed up I had a lot of hard times since I got to Turkey well first I had to burn all the things that I built in the United States I didn't come with joy to Turkey. I believe everything happens for a reason. That's why I'm more mature right now. But when those things happened in April, where I had to book a salvation flight to Turkey because there was no flights, where I had to sell my car and my furniture because I had to take a break from my life in the U.S., my dreams, kind of, not my dreams because I'm still working on them, but kind of the life I built in four years, I felt like I was losing everything I built. I felt I was losing my dreams. I felt I will never be that person that I dreamt five years ago. You know, those thoughts as human we always have. And when I couldn't even donate my clothes because I couldn't take my old stuff. Imagine a girl who buys shoes and bags and in four years, just imagine how many can be. I had to throw them away and I had to leave them behind in my old apartment. I couldn't even donate them or couldn't even trash them because I didn't have time. They told me three days ago that I have a certain date for my flight that i'm certainly flying on thursday and i was like and i didn't even sell my car at that moment when they told me again i prayed and in my journey i accepted god by the way in two years of my journey it was a spiritual journey at the same time so i prayed i said if this is the way for me to go back to turkey for now or forever just help me help me to sell my car, help me to go to Turkey, you know, with health. Like, I don't want to get the virus. It was so scary because it was 300 people in a plane and there was no social distancing. There was just no checking temperature or whatnot. We were just, you know, just escaping from something. It was so crazy. It was 1 a.m. at night in Los Angeles. It was pitch dark in... Los Angeles airport like I never seen that place that way it was like a movie scary movie I didn't know where I was going because the government Turkish government told me that they will put me in a dormitory in a city and for two weeks in quarantine and they don't know yet which city that I will be landing and I was like okay (laughs) you know you gotta do what you gotta do and I was able to sell my car a day before than my flight. And I was able to manage everything, you know, closing the bank account or other, you know, paperwork, membership work, every single thing and pack my things and landed Turkey and landed to that dormitory. It was so interesting. It was so busy my last days. So I couldn't, you know, recognize what was happening. But when I was in that dormitory with no Wi-Fi, with only the food they provide me, like I couldn't order, I couldn't leave the room for 14 days. Couldn't leave the room only two times for the COVID tests, Only two times you are leaving a small dormitory room for that disgusting test. And they check your temperature every single morning. And they give you cold food, And, you know, whenever they give, that's the only time you can eat. Like a prism. I use that time to heal. I use that time to accept. I use that time to have a break from social media and read spiritual books. I use that time to cry. (laughs) I use that time to really trust God again. The only thing I wanted at the end of 14 days that I wanted to see my parents in health, I wanted to hug them. And that was the only thing I wanted. And nothing else was important. I believed if it's meant for me to be wherever I need to be, that's going to happen. And I am still following my dreams. And I believe every closed door will open another door And yeah, here I am. Like I had the the podcast in that pandemic. You know, I created a speaking club. I've been speaking more than ever. I was speaking in the US. So I think there is a reason. I think there is a reason.
1: (laughs) How did you get notified that you had to leave? I connected with the embassy when my parents were
0: so worried about my health and the unknown, they said like, maybe you should come back. And that's when I started doing a research on how to go, go back because there was no flight. So I talked to the embassy and they said, we will put your name on. And if there will be a flight, we will notify you. So they emailed me three days before.
1: <laughs> Whoa, that is really hard to comprehend.
0: They of course told me like, I think I reached out to him 14, 15 days before I got the flight. Of course I didn't know. And they said like, expect any time. So from that moment, like I spent my 10 days probably packing, you know, doing stuff like crazily. And I had a coach that time. Like I I had a friend. And she was kind of my coach those days too. You know, manage stuff, she was checking on me every day. Like, did you cancel the Costco membership, for example? Did you do that? Like, did you go to the bank? Did you sell this stuff? What do you have to do? You know, what are you going to take with you? Like, what is the urgent stuff? How many weights can you take with you? Like, did you, you know, just tons of to-do lists. <laughs> and it's just, yeah, it was so hectic. The uncertainty, positive or negative, the uncertainty sets us free. That's what I learned. We don't know what's going to happen in the future anyways. But the, the difference between me going to the U.S. and coming back to Turkey, my part who is going was excited and she was hoping pink clouds and American dream will happen. She was very hopeful. And the person who was coming back to Turkey was in a dark place. She didn't believe it was going to go, you know, better than what it was. She was scared. She was not hopeful. But both were uncertainties. So I think this is a lesson I learned. Like We have to look at life. Uncertainty is good because we don't know what's going to happen and we can change how we see that uncertainty we can find an advantage of that like I started finding the advantage after a couple weeks later in Turkey I said okay now I'm different even though I don't enjoy the culture but I am different so I can make a difference I can guide people who don't know what they're missing I can change people here because that's my purpose I can create a community here I can make a difference and find places, you know, communicate people. I can still connect people. I can find Toastmasters who, which one does a Zoom meetings. And I found the perfect one. And, you know, I even competed at the speech contest and got a second place on Zoom. So I think the moment we realize we are in control in our lives, we can change how we want to see the world how we want to see ourselves and what happens to us whatever happens it's for us and now i'm very grateful that i had those hard times last year because in this part also like after i came to turkey i lost my grandma which is a bad experience but I'm glad I came back because I saw her for the last time. I got to spend a few days with her, took care of her and, you know, being able to be at her funeral. If I was in the US, I would be probably miserable and very sad for the rest of my life because I missed that. So
1: every situation has a purpose. I'm so glad that you got to see her. And I'm so sorry that you just lost her. That's so hard. I just got to get together with my grandmother after a year and a half of yeah. not seeing her. And this past year has definitely played a toll on her as well. And I'm at that point with my grandma where I'm like, every moment could be the last. Oh my gosh, that makes me want to call her right now. Life is so short. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with me. Wow. That must yeah. have been really special moments.
0: It's been very hard. I still got very emotional because she was kind of a cheerleader when I was, you know, crying in, in the United States. I was crying over on the FaceTime. I remember it was in the middle of me making a decision to go back to Turkey. And she was saying, you got it. Like, you can't cry. I don't want to see you cry. You're going to... Reach your goals, you already are. And you know, she was just a cheerleader and motivational coach for me. And it was just amazing to receive her wisdom because she was probably the first and the most courageous person in our family because in her age, when she was probably 20-something, when she was married with a Turkish guy in Turkey and had two kids, she chose to create a better life for her family and moved to Germany by herself and then took her family with her after a year or two years and built a life for them in Germany. And that tells me a lot of how amazing she was at that time She didn't know any language when she moved to Germany and she was married. Like who does that?
1: You'll do that. You, you do that. Oh my God. You have so much in common.
0: Yeah. She's my role model. Probably she, I I took her blood more than anyone.
1: (laughs) Oh my God. You're honoring her right now. Yeah. I miss her.
0: I, I know she's in peace. And she doesn't have to deal with all the craziness in the
1: world. So I'm very happy for her. (laughs) Well, you have inspired me. I went to the Toastmasters, which I had always wanted to do because of you. And I found one that worked in my time zone and that was Zoom only as well. And I hope to have the courage and the confidence to maybe compete in one as well. I don't know if that was ever on my goals, but that would definitely be getting out of my comfort zone and pushing myself. You inspire me. I'm I'm so impressed with everything that you've done and are doing and keep up the good fight. I'm going to be sharing your stuff in my stories. I'm going to be watching your Facebook lives. I want to be a part of your community. Maybe I could be in one of your Toastmasters or your speech groups one day. Yes, I would love to
0: have you and I'm so glad you joined the Toastmasters. I'm so happy and I can't wait
1: to see you compete. Maybe we will compete together. (laughs) That would be so great. I'm far from it. I'm still just doing like table topics, but I've always wanted to do it. We'll let people know how they can connect with you, find your group, be a part of your community.
0: I love Instagram and I'm always on Instagram. It's at J-O-Y-Y-B-U-R-C-U. And you can find me at the Coffee O'Clock podcast as well. And Rina is one of my guests in the past. And you also join my speaking club that I launched my own speaking club called the Joy of Speaking Club. We meet every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific time for one and a half hour. And it's slightly different than Toastmasters. We have inspiration and education time and also random speeches and speakers. It's full of information, networking and a great small group right now. So I'm so happy if you wanna join, just hit me on Instagram.
1: I wanna join. Please message me all of those things so I can put it in the notes. Yay! Thank you for being so vulnerable. I loved everything that you shared with me.
0: Now, let's switch it over to Grandpa.
2: Beautiful name, and what this name means is that her grandparents decided that since the grandfather worked on a ship, that this is what their dream was is to help heal people and make a contribution to society by thinking besides themselves, and really making their family name and legacy in helping people. The irony here is that the grandmother also took an initiative to build her skills where she couldn't really make out in Turkey and really meet her full potential and was willing to learn a whole new language, uproot her whole family, two children, and move to Germany where they had better opportunities. And isn't that really what has happened here, that the legacy has continued, that she was trying to make the best of things. She had a good job, was always smiling. Then somebody said to her, why are you always happy? It really hit a chord because she isn't really always happy. And that she also wanted to meet her aspirations and be able to cultivate herself and to develop her skill level. And she also felt that the only place that she could really do that and be a motivational speaker and to be able to help people and really learn how to communicate And build this network that she's doing now is that she came to America, Los Angeles, of all places, because that is a capital of communication, as you know. And she's followed in the footsteps of her grandmother and her grandfather, of legacy and development is very important in life, and not necessarily how much money you make. She has the right moral code. She's had to overcome a lot of adversity. And the more adversity she overcomes, and the more people that tell her she can't do something, she has the encouragement. Of her grandmother that really backs her up and really where she had this special, special relationship wanting to continue their legacy as well and make it her own. I'm very proud of her for doing that.
1: Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and tune in.